Coming into the year, I, I talked on ever new, and I was just sure how that you know what many times people are always looking for something new, and it's important to have you know vision and to grow and all of those kind of things. They're all important, but sometimes people are just looking for a new thing and overlook the things that God has already given us. And I just I just feel in my heart to go back and to look at uh, uh, one particular thing really that I'm getting to, but um, you know what we're to embrace the new that we already have. And I was putting it this way, that everything that God gives us, it doesn't go out of date, it's, it, and it can't be battered either. So it's, it, it is ever new, and when God gives you something that's new, we looked at that, that it's ever new. And, um, and you know what we need to see that was because we've new life, it's ever new. We've new, the new birth, we're, we're new creatures, it's ever new. There's no update, there's no add-ons, there's, it can't be improved in other words. And yet there's a lot of people are looking for new things and they don't even know who they are. So they want new things and they want, you know, give me more vision. And all them things are important. I believe in vision. I believe when you don't have a vision, you know what, you start going backwards. You know, you have nothing to go forward for. And all of us need a vision. We need hope. Because if you don't have hope, faith is nothing to aim for. And so all them things, I'm not saying well, we shouldn't be um, experiencing more new things in God. But God's not given us anything new in the sense of he's given us our salvation. We're complete in Christ. There's no add-ons to that. There's no updates to that. But out of that, when you get revelation, your vision grows. When you get revelation of who you are, I'm telling you, you start realizing that, you know, God, if this is who I am, then God, I don't have to settle for low in life. I don't have to settle for average in life. God, you have a plan, a purpose, a destiny for my life. See, your vision does expand. So it's out of the, the new that God has already given us that then you grow in vision. You, many know your talk changes when you know who you are. Amen. Stop talking rubbish, you know what I mean? You, you stop talking, you know what, defeat and, you know, and all of those kind of things because you realize who you are. You stop, you stop um, putting yourself down. There's enough people in life to put you down without putting down yourself. Yeah. You, know what, uh, you know what, I fell off the end of the line, I'm a reject. Yeah, in life, you know what, God can take rejects of life. But I'm telling you, when you give your life to him, you're no reject. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. You're, you're um, his workmanship created in Christ Jesus on the good works. You know, you're not, you're not a dud. So, uh, you know, your talk starts to change. It just everything changes when you start to see yourself in Christ Jesus. Now, last week, what I was looking at, I was looking at how that, you know what, um, you're either identified in Adam or you're identified in Christ. And in Romans chapter 5, it shows us identity. So every person who comes into this planet is identified in who? They're identified in Adam. Okay? And when you're identified in Adam, you're identified in Adam as a, as a sinner. You're identified as um, condemned. You're identified as guilty before God. All of those kind of things, that's, that's, you're under judgment. Yeah. And that's because of sin. But we became sinners not because of our sin. We became sin because of Adam's sin. It was one man's disobedience was Adam. But then the, the flip side of that is, thank God that Jesus came. And you can be identified then in Christ if you receive Jesus. And when you receive Jesus as the Lord and Savior of your life, you're no longer an Adam, you come into Christ. And as I said last week, it's like you, got, you get the all clear of Adam. <laughs> There's not a trace of Adam in your spirit. Now, we, we do have a body that we're contending with, and we do have a mind that needs to be renewed, but your identity is not your body. Your identity is your spirit. That's who you are. 
An identity is, is what you're born into. You can, do, you can try to cover it up, but it doesn't matter. Your identity is what you're born into. Adam gave us an identity. But let me tell you, the new birth gives you a new identity. And the problem is a lot of people do not know who they are. Even Christians still talk in sin. Still call themselves a sinner. They have a greater revelation of sin than they do of righteousness. Because they hear sin all the time. And that's okay. You need to know you're a sinner in need of a saviour. Because it's part of the process of getting saved. Look, if you don't know, um, like there's a doctrine called the depravity of man. And the depravity of man is man's hopeless state apart from Jesus. And if you don't know that, you don't need a saviour. You don't cry out for a saviour. But if you know you're a sinner in need of a saviour, then you need a saviour. But the thing is, when you, when you receive Jesus... You go from being a sinner to being righteous. And it's amazing how many people still talk like an old creature when they are a new creature. And we always want to put that tag on them, an old unworthy sinner saved by grace. It's not even the statement, it's the moany voice that it's in as well. Saved by grace. You can't be saved by grace and be an old unworthy sinner. Because a new birth took place. So we looked at that last week and we just, we just seen that one man Adam affected everyone. One man Jesus affected everyone as well. Adam provided a, a sin and death. But let me tell you, Jesus provided life. He provided righteousness. And when you receive Jesus, there's a miracle that takes place. And that is where that old man is gone. And you actually are a new creature created in Christ Jesus. You are not the same person. You're someone completely new. You don't have that sin tag anymore. Praise the Lord. So we need to, we need to identify ourselves in Christ. And as I said last week, you know, many times they people identify themselves in all different things, whether it's their problems, whether it's their nationality. And you know what, there's nothing wrong with having, you know, national pride that's healthy. You know what I mean? You know, when you, do, when you watch sports and all, you know, it's great to cheer on your country and all of those kind of things. There's nothing wrong with that. But you know what, there's a deeper layer of identity than all of that. Is who we are in Christ Jesus. You know, we don't we don't take that on to the point of where we start hating other nationalities and stuff like that. Um, you know what? People identify themselves in religion and color and all of them kind of kind of things. Some people identify themselves in their position in life. Um, some people identify themselves by their problems, by their sickness, by all of those kind of things. They just they put a tag on. And, and I tell you, see, in our generation, it's amazing how many tags are being put on children that were never put on my generation. You know what? There wasn't all of these tags. You know what? If you have a different personality or whatever, they have a tag for you. They have a tag for everything now. And they want to label everybody. I, I tell you, I refuse to put labels on my kids. Even if, whenever they were younger, even I can remember one time um, with, with development, they were trying to put labels on Tyler at the time and saying, you know what, he's this and he should be at this stage and all the rest of it. And all of it. It's like, that's a load of rubbish. Not even taking that on because children develop at different stages. And then um, we got another nurse and she said, this is, is Tyler walking? And we said, no. And she says, how fast does that fella crawl? And we said, we can't catch him, he's going that fast. He says, that's why he's not walking. Because he's getting to the places faster when he crawls. We couldn't catch him, he was like a flying machine. We had to actually run around trying to catch him. He couldn't catch him. But you know, he's no problem walking. Running, doing all of them things. 
You know, but people want to put a tag and then they start labeling and then it's like, you know, they put a limit, they want to put limits on from a child of what people can do. I refuse. I just told my children, you can be all God's called you to be. Amen. Just believe God, whatever God says. And we spoke those things over, over their lives as well. You know what, I, I even see Christians putting up things like, you know what I mean, like, you know, um, maybe they're facing an illness and they identify themselves with that illness. You know what, the, my whatever it is, life. You know what, my stroke, life. You know what, my diabetes, life. My, um, you know what, um, um, arthritis, life. And tag themselves and all in it. I'm like, I'm not putting none of them tags on me. You may face things and you might need to fight to fight a faith, but you don't need to label yourself. That's not your identity. Your identity is who you are in Christ. Amen. I can put labels on me. I've got, and the world's thinking, I've got disabilities in my life. I'm hindered in my life, but I'm not putting no tags on my life. I'm who I am in Christ Jesus. Amen. You know, I could let the world put tags on me. I refuse. Amen. Amen. Now, let me just show you this scripture here. Look in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 for a moment. But I'm not going to go through all of this here with the, the story of it. But just, we know this is when Paul was, was called up into heaven. He didn't know where he was in his body or out of his body. It was that real. Praise God. Heaven's, heaven's a real place. Um, but look what he said here. I knew a man were in Christ. Notice Paul identified himself in Christ. And that's the way we need to be. You see, you're either in Adam or you're in Christ. Once you get saved, stop identifying yourself in Adam. Paul didn't say, I knew a man in Adam. Because he, once, once he got saved, he's no longer in Adam. I, I knew a man in who? In Christ. And you know what, for all of us as believers, that's the way we need to think about ourselves. I'm in Christ. Amen. Now, to get in Christ, there has to be... Um, a, a baptism, okay? And I want to look back here, look in um, Romans chapter 6, and I'm not talking about baptism in water here. Romans chapter 6, last week we looked at Romans chapter 5. And we're coming into Romans chapter 6 here. In Romans chapter 5, um, we see that, you know what, you're either in Adam or you're in Christ. When you, you get saved, you come into Christ, okay? But there had to be a baptism. Now, it's not a baptism of water, okay? Sometimes people just think baptism and they think of water. And the word baptized, it doesn't mean sprinkle either. It means immersion, where you're actually immersed. I know I read an old, old um, manuscript from several thousand years ago in the Greek language and it was of um, it was a story and they talked about food and they were talking about you know there were certain things that you that you glazed you know for food and then there was other things that like you know you, you like kind of pickle where you uh, immerse it into whatever it is into the oil or whatever it was and they used the words one was for baptized where it's immersion the other one was for sprinkle now when the bible talks about being baptized it literally means you're immersed i don't want to have a sprinkle identity when it comes to christ i want to have an immersion identity when it comes to christ you understand um but there's three baptisms in the Bible, um, well, in the New Testament, really, for, for us that we deal with. There's, there's three baptisms, and the, the, the first one is the, is the new birth, okay, that's a baptism. Then there is the baptism in water, 
Okay? And then there's the baptism in the, the Holy Ghost. Three baptisms and three baptizers. Okay? Into Christ is the new birth, and that is done, the Bible tells us, by the Holy Ghost. Okay? And water is done by a person. So, like, you know, if you've, if you've ever done baptisms and, you know, you, you've been in the water, I've done baptisms where I've baptized people, so I'm the one baptizing. Okay? And then the, the baptism of the Holy Ghost, the baptizer is Jesus. So the Bible breaks it up that way and lets us know of three different baptisms. In, in Romans chapter 6, this is the baptism into the body of Christ, into Christ himself. It's the new birth. And it's done by the Holy Ghost, amen. And it's, it has to be an immersion. You actually are immersed, identified. See, baptism is a word of identification as well. You're actually immersed, identified in Christ Jesus. So in Romans chapter 6, let me just look at this here. It says um, in verse 1, it says, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? That was because Paul had said that where sin increased, grace did superabound. Okay? Um, and the, then the obvious response was, are you saying that we should sin then? You know what I mean? Should we um, continue in sin but, so that grace can abound? And Paul said, you don't understand it. And yet that same argument is there today because people don't understand grace. Grace is not a license to sin. And I tell you, true believers really are not looking for a license to sin. And in verse 2 it says, God forbid, how shall we? Look, Paul, it's like a, a, a statement of shock. How shall we? Look at that. That are dead to sin live any longer therein. Notice it says they're dead. What? Dead. Notice it. To sin. A believer is dead to sin because a miracle took place in their spirit. Okay? Before we got saved in Ephesians, it says we were dead, what? In sin. So before you're saved, sin has total dominion over you. You can't get free from it. You're dead in it. You can't get out of it. You can't, you know, in yourself. You have to have a saviour. So you're dead in, there's a difference between de being dead in sin and being dead to it. We're dead to sin. Sin has no authority over us anymore. We are not sinners anymore. I'm talking in your spirit. Now you still have a body that is capable of sinning. You still have a mind that is capable of sinning. But I'm telling you, your identity is who you are in Christ Jesus. Your spirit has not even a trace of sin in it. There's not a trace of Adam in it when you make Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life. You are dead to sin. You are finished with sin. Why? Because you have a spirit now that is alive unto God. See, that's the miracle of the new birth. You know what? The new birth actually does change you from the inside. You may not have everything perfect in your life. You have to renew your mind. But on the inside of you, there's a desire change. There's a nature change. Well, you do want to serve God. You know, as a, as a believer, the, the world loses. It loses. When you get saved, or, even though you still have a flesh, and the flesh is a horrible thing, but in your spirit, you want to serve God. You know, you might get even offended with people at different times, but in your spirit, you still want to serve God. When everything gets quiet, your spirit starts speaking to you. I've talked to people who have really backslid, as we would say those terms, big style. 
And I've asked them that have really backslid. And I'd say, was it ever the same when you went back into those things? No, I couldn't get away from it. I'd be sitting in the pub at the bar and I'd be thinking about God. I'd be thinking, on the inside of me, I'd be laughing on the outside. But on the inside, I'd be, I'd be saying, you know what, God, this is, you know what, this lifestyle, you know what, I'm back doing what he used to do. But they were hurt or offended. But you know, here's the thing. They were still alive on the inside. Because they're, when you're saved, you're saved. Now, look at verse 3. It says, Know ye not that so many of us as were, look at that, baptized not into water, into who? Christ. Amen. Into Jesus, uh, Jesus Christ. Were baptized into his death. Wherefore we were buried with him by baptism into death. Look at this, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of God, even so also we should walk in newness of life. See, the, see when you got saved, when you got saved, there was a baptism took place. Look, Jesus provided us a death for the old man. Now, let me just show us here for a second. Now, when you, when you were born, you were born in, in Adam. Okay, just take this, this box and say, this is Adam. And this is a good job, that's the, that's the ugly one. <laughs> and do you know what? This is, a, this is a, just a cheap like costume jewelry. There's a glass thing in it. It has the appearance of something that's valuable, but it's not. It's really worthless. And you know what? When you, when you were born, you were born and you were identified in Adam. It's like you're in Adam. And you're identified in sin. Guilty. Under condemnation. All of those kind of things. That's who you're identified in. But here's the thing, God had an amazing plan, and I'm not going to look at it this evening, but in Ephesians, if you read in Ephesians chapter 1, God had a plan that, you know what, anybody who would receive Jesus, God and, and uh, the Father and Jesus came up with this plan before the foundation of the world. And God had this plan that anyone who would get into Christ, they're going to be blessed, amen. They're going to be holy and without blame, and all of these things just by being in Christ Jesus. Amen. Now, when we were born, we were born in Adam. And we couldn't get out of Adam. I don't care how hard you try. You were a slave to sin. That's what the Bible's telling us here. You were dead in sin. The lights were out. There was no hope for you whatsoever. But thank God the glorious gospel is that Jesus came and died for the lost. But here was the thing for Jesus to save us. He had to take our place. And so when Jesus went to that cross, yes, it was Jesus on the cross, but Jesus didn't need a cross. We needed a cross. Jesus was a spotless Lamb of God. He had to be without sin to be our perfect substitute. But also then he had to be that brazen serpent that was raised up and whoever was hung on a cross was accursed. But he became a curse. He took our sin, but he never was a sinner. He didn't know sin. He didn't do sin. But he took our place as a transfer. That sin was transferred to him. Just like on the Day of Atonement. On the Day of Atonement, you had two goats. You had one that took the, uh, or that um, was, was killed and the blood was put on the, on the mercy seat. The other goat, the sin was transferred and it went out into the wilderness. Well, that's what Jesus done for us. He had to be the perfect spotless son of God, but also he had to have all of our sin transferred to him. And he became the problem. But he was not a sinner. That's why sin couldn't hold him. 
So Jesus took our, our death and he took our burial and he took our punishment. He took the consequence completely off sin. But here was the thing then. Jesus was raised from the dead. Amen. In new life. And now where is he? He's seated at the right hand of the Father. And as it goes on here to say that, you know what? He has a resurrection body, okay? But we're going to have a resurrection body one day as well. Do you know why? Because, you see, when you made Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of your life, you are no longer in Adam. And it was like this here ring that is worthless, okay? It's gone. That sin nature is completely gone. And you become a new creature in Christ Jesus. And instead of being an Adam, you are now identified in Christ. Amen. And now this ring in here has more value to it. Okay. It's, it's more the real deal. Okay. But in Christ, we are the real deal. Okay. You're not a piece of junk in Adam. You're no longer identified in Adam. But if you see yourself as a piece of junk, you'll treat yourself like a piece of junk. And you'll let the world treat you like a piece of junk. And you'll let people and you'll settle for low in life because you think that you are worthless. But when you realize what Jesus has done for you, you start identifying yourself in Christ Jesus. But it doesn't make you prideful because you didn't put yourself in there. You couldn't get out of Adam. It took a Savior to get you. It makes you more appreciative of Jesus. And it doesn't make you prideful that when you, you treat people horrible. It just, you know what? Paul allowed himself to be treated as the scum of the earth as well. It didn't change his, his um, um, reaching people. But it just means when people throw things at you, they may throw muck at you and accusations and all them things. But that's not who you are. Because it can't penetrate your spirit. Paul still knew who he was. And Paul went about trying to get people out of Adam into Christ. The only way for that to happen is the new birth. Now, when you make Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of your life, you're no longer identified in Adam. You're identified in Christ. And in a split second, it's like, you see, when Jesus was on the cross, that was you on the cross. Amen. Because he died your death. He took your sin, died your death. Let me tell you, when he was buried, amen, when he went to hell, let me tell you, that was your punishment for sin. But here's the thing, whenever he was raised up, so were you in newness of life. That's why we don't serve God out of um, dead works and dead religion. We have a living experience on the inside of you. You've got a nature change. You have something living on the inside of you. It's a new creature. Amen. Putting, putting um, impossible rules on a new creature is one way to kill your Christian experience. I'm not talking about we live an unholy life. But we, we live by the Spirit in the New Testament under the Word of God. Not under a bunch of rules and regulations. And we are now new creatures in Christ Jesus. So let me tell you, you're in Christ. Whatever happened to Him, happened to you. Whatever He got, you get. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So you just think about it. Whenever He went to the cross... You went to the cross in him. Yes. Whenever he was buried, you were buried in him. Whenever he was rose, you have resurrection life on the inside of you when you make Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of your life. Why? Because you have a baptism. You were baptized, immersed into Christ. Amen. Where's he seated? Heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Where are we seated? That's our position. Why? Because whatever he got, we get. He's an heir. What are we? We're joint heirs with Jesus Christ. We didn't deserve it, but we got in on it because of Jesus. Because whatever Jesus. 
us what we got. Amen. He's going to rule and reign. We're going to rule and reign with him. Amen. See, that's the gospel. And here's the good news about it. You didn't earn it, deserve it or anything. You are in Christ because of Jesus and putting faith in Jesus. Faith in the gospel puts you into Christ. Not your goodness, not your works. It's powerful. And you were immersed into Christ. It's not like as if, you know what, you have, a, you have a, a, an experience that's separated from him. Whatever he got, you get. Now, I'm not saying that we're God. We are not God. Jesus didn't die for us as God. Jesus died for us as man. See, sometimes people mix that up and they think when you say, oh, you, 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 you know what, you're like Jesus in your spirit. Yes, and Jesus came as a man. He, a man, one man, Adam, got us in the mess. It took another man, Jesus, to get us out of the mess. A perfect man. I'm identical to Jesus. There's a perfect man at the right hand of the Father. You're identified in, in that perfect man. And you're identical to him in your spirit. See, people mix that up and say, are you saying you're God? No, we're not God. Just as we said earlier, we weren't worthy in the book of Revelations. We're not worthy. We'll be there. We aren't worthy to open up the scrolls. He is. Amen. Amen. We're, not a, we're, we're, we're identified in Him. And you know what? Let me put it this way. In your spirit, before you got saved, it was a sin nature. And I don't know how a spirit is made up, okay? But we know our body is made up with cells. And all of those kind of things. You have natural DNA in you. You have, even in your physical, you have a code in you. It lets us know as a God that coded each one of us. We're all individuals. Um, and there's, a DNA, there's DNA in us that's, that's mind-boggling. If you've ever looked at DNA, I've looked at it a bit. And it is mind-boggling. The code that is in your body, that's just in you. It's in every cell. You're so unique. And then you break your body down into atoms and it's crazy. I mean, it's crazy how we're put together. And yet that DNA runs in every cell of your being. It's incredible. Now, I don't know how a spirit is made up, okay? But just for illustration's sake, if it was made up of like spiritual cells, okay? And spiritual DNA. Well, before you got saved, you had Adam's DNA running right through you. But when you got saved, that man's dead. And you become a new creature in Christ Jesus. And I'm telling you, you have Jesus' DNA in you, so you do. Amen. That's winning DNA. That's who you are. I know we have a body. I know we make mistakes. I know we sin. And we, we, we desire to do the right thing, but we don't hit the mark 100% of the time. But your identity is not your body, and your identity is not your thinking. But that's not, see, that's where people get, oh, so you're saying it's okay to sin? No, that's not what we're saying at all. I'm saying, find out you're a new creature in Christ Jesus. It's going to help you in life. So that's why you see when Jesus went to the cross and that, you went. Everything you're identified in him. You were immersed into Christ Jesus. And one day, because he has a resurrection body, we're going to have a resurrection body. Amen. Amen. That's what it's saying there in verse, in verse 5. Look, in First Corinthians chapter um, uh, 15 here. And I'm not going to go through all of this either, but this was talking about resurrection as well. Uh, uh, resurrection in, a, in our um, glorified body. 
that one day we'll have a glorified body. But look what it, it's letting us know here. Look, look what it said in verse 16. It says, For if the dead rise not, talking about a resurrection physically, as into a, a, a new glorified body, then is Christ not risen? Because how many know if there's no resurrection, Jesus, what he did at the cross wasn't enough for us. Jesus taking your sin at the cross wasn't enough. A dead saviour wasn't enough. Because see, at the cross he identified our condition. So that wasn't enough. We needed someone to become the problem and then defeat it. Rise over it. And then it says, if in Adam, or sorry, if in Christ we be not raised, your faith is in vain or it was a waste of time. And look at that, you are yet in your sins. You understand that? See, sin was a major, major problem. Still is a major problem for someone that doesn't know them. But the thing is, Jesus has defeated it so you can get saved, you can get out of it. But if Jesus didn't rise from the dead, we're snookered. And you're yet in your sin. It says, and, and then they that have died in Christ, you know what, they perished as well. And if in this life only we have hope, we're of all men most miserable. We're wasting our time. But now, in Christ, or now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. For since by man, look at that, by man came death, by man also came the resurrection of the dead. See, this is all about Jesus as a man. Yes, he's God, he's 100% God, but he didn't, God can't die. He came and took our place as a man. We needed a perfect man who would be our substitute. The problem was there was none until Jesus came. And Jesus came as a substitute and died for us. And look at verse 22. It says, For as in Adam all what? Die. So in Christ all shall be made alive. Let me just put verse 22 and verse, tw and verse 17, the end of it together. Look at that. For as in Adam all die. And let me just put it this way. You are yet in your sins. See, in Adam you're still in your sins. But in Christ you're not. You're dead. Not, you're not in sin anymore. You're dead to it. That means something happened to set you free. Let me tell you, as a believer, you are free from sin. The sin issue is dealt with. You're no longer a sinner. You may have problems in life and God, God's in the process of helping us get free from those things. But you... Let me put it this way. Sometimes Christians will talk like this here. I'm, I'm out of a relationship with God. You know what? My sin has separated me from God. No, it hasn't. Let me tell you, we're reconciled. Now to the world, God is like that. To the world with a handout. That's, the, that's us bringing the ministry of reconciliation. When you receive Jesus, you are in relationship with God. That relationship can never be separated. Now in life, you could walk away from the things of God, but you are not out of relationship with God. Never. You know what? I, I did something. Now there's a, a wedge between me and God. There's a separation between me and God. No, there's not. No, there's not. I don't live with that mentality. I live, I'm in relationship with God. If I've got problems in life, I run to my God to help me with those. I don't run from Him. I never feel distant in that way that I am out of relationship with God. I couldn't myself. If I'm not spending time, feel that distance. But I'm telling you, He is there. He never leaves me nor forsakes me. And He never leaves you nor forsakes you. 
If you have that mindset, you always feel like you're distant from God. You always feel like you have to come back. I'm immersed in Christ. You're immersed in Christ. You can't be any closer than that. Than being baptized into Christ. Look, when you get baptized into water, it's an outward show of an inward work. When you get into the water, that water's all over you. Let me tell you, when you were baptized into Christ, let me tell you, your spirit is soaked in Jesus. You have his DNA in you. Totally righteous. Look in Galatians chapter 3 for a second here, verse um, 26. It says, For you are all the children of God by what? Faith in Jesus Christ. That's how you get saved. Because you put faith in Jesus. Verse 27. For, you, for as many of you as have been look, baptized into Christ. Have what? Put on Christ. You have Christ in you. you. See in your spirit. You have Christ. You put Christ on. In your spirit man. When you got saved. You've been baptized into Christ. You've been immersed into Christ. You know what, when God sees you, He sees you in Christ. Yes, He sees, He made us individuals. But when He sees you, He sees you in Christ. I'm telling you, you when God sees you, you are in the family of God. He sees you as the family. And there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither bond nor free, there is neither male nor female. See, that's, that's in, in, in Christ. For you are all, all one in Christ. And if you be Christ, then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. A lot of people trying to deserve the promise. We're in Christ. We're heirs. All the promises of God are yes and amen for us. And when you, when you got saved, it says here, baptized into Christ. Because you've been baptized, you've been immersed into Christ and have put on Christ. That's the new birth. It's a past tense action. You don't have to put on Christ in your spirit. Your spirit man is already immersed in Jesus, okay? Now, we put on Christ taking on our identity, okay? But you can't take on your identity if it's not who you are. You have to first of all see that you are baptized into Christ and then you take that identity on. Sometimes you have an identical life to the one that Jesus has because you got the same life. That's why the Bible tells us we have the divine nature. It's awesome. Um, um, look at in um, 1 Corinthians 12 verse 13. It says, for by one spirit, see, we were baptized into one body. Okay, so again, it's then one spirit. It was the Holy Spirit who baptized us into the body. Ephesians 4, it talks about there is one body, one spirit, even as you're called into one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. This is talking about one baptism into Christ. That's the new birth. Now, we know there's more baptisms because there's water baptism. Sometimes people say, I don't believe in the baptism in the Holy Ghost. But it's amazing to do it. still believe in, in water baptism. They will say here, like, there's only one baptism. But then they'll baptize people in water. That's two baptisms. Okay? But praise God, we believe in the baptism in the Holy Ghost as well. And then in, 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 in 
Colossians, it talks about the same thing here. It says, For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in him, which is the head of all principalities and powers, in whom also you were circumcised with the circumcisions made without hand. In other words, this wasn't in the body. This is in the spirit. In the putting off the body of sin, not the physical body. He's talking about the body of sin. And it says here, um, of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, buried with him in baptism, wherein also you were risen with him through the faith of the operation of God, who, who hath raised him from the dead. And you, being dead in your sins, that's where we were, we were dead in our sins, and the uncircumcision of our flesh, look at that, but has he quickened, look at that, together with him, having forgiven us of all trespasses let me tell you your spirit man is, is circumcised I always think it's amazing how many people who want to go back to Jewish things they're looking to get circumcised in the flesh you know unless it's for medical reasons you know what that's, that's a different thing but not for spiritual reasons we're, we're circumcised in our spirit that means this, everything that was in Adam is gone Amen. Amen. You're forgiven of all trespasses. Awesome. Let me just look at these couple of verses. And I'm not going to go any further on in, in the other things I was looking to look at tonight. But let me just look back over here for a second. Just quickly. Romans chapter 6. And we'll just talk through this really quick and we'll close. Look here. Romans 6 and verse 8. It says, Now if we be dead with Christ. Look at that. It's all identification. We believe that we will also live with him, knowing that Christ being raised from the dead, what's that? He dies no more. He doesn't need to die again. Sin's been taken care of. Look at that. Death has no more dominion over him. But for a period of time, he allowed it to have dominion over him to take our place. Okay? For in that he died, he died unto sin how many times? Once. But in that he lives, he lives unto God. You see, when you're saved, you're not looking to live on to sin anymore. We have his life in us. Yes, we, we, none of us are perfect. But when you're saved, you have that spirit. I know the day I met Jesus Christ, the Lord and Savior of my life, things changed. Amen. Was I perfect? Far from it. But boy, I knew I was in here. I couldn't have explained it. Did I mess up? Yeah. Did it change? Yeah. I remember playing football and getting tackled hard and things coming out of my mouth that used to come out. But on the, I was on the inside as God, I don't want to do that anymore. But I hadn't got that a month before. It came out of me naturally. I love doing it. Not when my mum was about you to kill me. Huh? I was telling people on Sunday how I was giving guff to my mum one day and she was, Paul, stop that, stop that. And I was right up in her face giving her guff and she had her fist and she's going, stop that, stop. And she just punched me in the face. <laughs> so you don't, you don't mess with Patsy Klein. <laughs> That's all of my mates, we used to call her the Kleiner. <laughs> but things changed. 
Look what it says here um, in verse 10. For in that he died, he died unto sin once. But in that he lives, he lives unto God. Verse 11. Likewise reckon you yourselves to be dead unto sin and alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. You're dead to sin. Verse 12. Let not sin therefore reign in your what? Your mortal body. You know, now he's talking about the body. You see, but you have to know who you are. Your body is not who you are. When you know who you are and you account all of the terms. Oh, oh, see, after um, likewise racking yourselves is an accounting term. Yeah. You need to count it up just like an accountant. Before you got saved, it came up dead in sin. You have a debt you will never pay. You're lost. You're condemned. You're guilty. You can't get free. You're in Adam. When you got saved, you're dead to sin. Amen. And so you count it up again, it goes free. No debt. Sin has no dominion over you. See, that's how you get free as a believer. People think as a believer what you do is you teach really hard on sin to get believers free. No, you teach really hard on your identity. You're a new creature. See, when you're racking yourself yourself dead to sin you start saying okay I don't have to live this way anymore because I'm a new creature but if you still treat people like an old creature and you talk more in sin and you know what you, you, know what, you, you make people feel at a distance from God and all that they'll never get free in their everyday life I'm talking about see you have your identity in Christ and then it talks about your mortal body let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body that you should obey the lust thereof. Yes, you still have a body, you still have lust in it. Neither yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield um, yourself unto God now as those who are alive from the dead. Amen. And your members as instruments of righteousness, for sin shall not have dominion over you. For you are not under the law. Rules will not set you free. Rules couldn't save you. You're not under the law, but under grace. Amen. Amen. It says, what then shall we sin? See, that's always the question. Because you're not under the law. That's what people hear. Oh, so you're, law you're lawless. No, under grace. I'm a new creature. I don't want to sin. Paul's answer is, God forbid, know ye not to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants are to whom you obey, whether of sin under death, or of obedience unto righteousness. Look at this, but God be thanked that you were the servant of sin. See, you're free. Some people don't know they're free. Who are you? Oh, I'm a sinner. No, you're not. You're free from sin. When you make Jesus the Lord and Savior of life. You were the servant of sins. But you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine. That's the gospel. You believed the gospel. And you got saved. Being then made free from sin. You become the servant of what? Righteousness. Do you know that's positional? Before you were a sinner, or before you, you were a sinner in Adam and you could not get free, you were a slave to sin. You couldn't free yourself. Do you know when you get saved, you are not a slave to sin. You're actually, you're, let me put it this way, you are bound to righteousness. You see, when people say you can lose your salvation, it's because they don't understand these things. 
All of your goodness couldn't set you free as a slave to sin. Adam made people slaves to sin. When you receive Jesus, likewise in the exact same way, you are now in righteousness because you were immersed into Christ. There's nothing can separate you from that. Nothing. I hear people saying this here, I can walk away from God. You don't even belong to yourself anymore. You are not your own. You're bought with a price. You don't have the right. People say, I have the right to walk away. You do not own yourself. Your spirit and body are not yours anymore. You forfeited that and you came, You were, were a servant to, to sin. But now you made Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life. You're a slave to righteousness for eternity. Not a, we're, not, we're, we're free. We're free from sin. But we are bound to this new nature. Yeah, it's like, it's like in, the, in, the, in the film The Matrix. When you're set free from The Matrix, you are set free. Aren't you free? That is awesome. But you know what we can do? I'm going to just finish here. What you can do now because you are... Because you're a, a servant now to righteousness, what you do now is just like before, you used to yield your whole body. You used to yield it to just your flesh, whatever you desired. Some people yield it to religious things. They, get, they enjoy prideful things. Other people just went to the side and just threw caution to the wind. Other people just trusted in themselves, but it was all flesh. But you know what? Now that we're a believer, you have this body. It still has problems. It still has lusts. It still has all of those things. But when you know who you are in Christ, you can actually say, Do you know what, body, you're going to serve God. You're going to serve God. I'm going to find out who I am in Christ Jesus. I'm going to take on my identity and body. We're going to serve your body. You are lining up with what, take, what took place in the spirit. Amen. You were bought with a price. It's too late whenever you've been immersed into Christ. But you see, you don't get immersed into Christ accidentally. You have to believe the gospel. And you get immersed into Jesus Christ. He did, what an amazing, amazing gospel. To take people who were lost ungodly. You received Jesus. He went to the cross. You didn't go to the cross. You were just identified in him. Amen. But when he rose from the dead, let me tell you, that was a victorious life over sin, hell, and the grave. He died unto sin once. Let me tell you, in Christ Jesus, you've died to sin, and you are now alive unto God. And that's the way we're meant to live our lives as believers. Is grace a license of sin? No, grace is freedom from sin to serve the living God. I always say, I want to serve God the way I always wanted to in my spirit. You see, if a spirit that wants to serve God, don't let the accusations, don't let all of those things prevent you from being who God's called you to be. Amen.